Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. By now, Jay, because the assignment was to have it by 9 a.m. today, the list, right? I already all gave that... you a list. Well, well but, I mean, you yesterday's the list. list. I gave you? Yeah, you did it out of order. It was supposed well, to be well, Zion's best, five no, best landing no, spots. No, nope, that was not the list. What was the list? You tell me. I the asked list you the was the five <laughs> players most deserving of a no trade clause there in their contract. There it is. And it went. Uh, I think you started at number four. Nope. Five. Three. Five. Two, Three was four, Steph. One. Five was Embiid. Ooh. Ooh. What was the next one? No. 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 The going. number. Just give me the number. It, it, three. Five. Uh-huh. Two. Four. Two. Two was. Giannis. Yeah, yep. Four. Come on. You got four it. was the hard one. You got was it. KD. There you go. And one was Boom. Joker. I got it Boom. in out of order. <laughs> I got it in out of order. That's right. <laughs> Off the dome. All right. Buster only ESPN Baseball Insider, host of Baseball Tonight podcast with us now. What it is, Buster? What it is right now? What's it going? How's it going? What it is? What it is? <laughs> so, okay, let's start right off with this. Shohei Otani leading the world in every category on both sides of the field, right? What's the likelihood at this point that he will be, you know, an Anaheim Angel or California Angel to, uh, uh, this time, LA Angel of Anaheim this time next year? Uh, boy, in terms of this year, I'd say uh, about 10%. Because the one thing you hear about folks uh, who know Otani is is that he's a creature of habit, right? He lives close enough to the ballpark uh, in Anaheim where he can walk there. He has his regimen. It's all about baseball. And if the Angels put an offer out there that's, you know, in the same stratosphere that uh, maybe we're going to see from the Mets or maybe we're going to see from the Padres or the Dodgers, then who knows? Maybe he surprises everybody as he did when he chose the Angels in the first place and says, look, I like, I like this and I like where I'm staying. And maybe that, you know, those chances are increased if they make the playoffs and they're in the best position as of this morning than they've been in his entire time with the team in terms of making the playoffs. They would qualify for the playoffs as of this morning, but uh, people around baseball still think that there'll be an owner that'll go to crazy land and offer him over $600 million. Is that going to be Steve Cohen of the Mets? Is that going to be the Dodgers? Is it going to be the Padres? We'll just have to wait and see. What would that stratosphere be, by the way? What, 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 what kind of stratosphere are we talking about? Well, I think that the question is going to come down to whether the first number in the contract that he gets starts with the number five or the number six. Oof. I think it's basically a done deal. He's going to get $500 million plus because – uh, you know, all these comparisons to Babe Ruth, no. He's much better than Babe Ruth was as a two-way player. And what he's doing lately offensively uh, puts him in the Babe Ruth stratosphere purely as an offensive player. You know, he started driving the ball through the middle of the field uh, at the beginning of this month in a way that he hasn't in the past. You know, Bruce Bochy, the manager of the Rangers, and I 
you know, we were texting back and forth a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that in the past, Otani sometimes would spin off at the plate uh, in his swing, most often against left-handed pitching, and that has stopped. Like, he's staying through the ball. He's staying through the middle of the field. Max has got an OPS of, like, 1,700 <laughs> since June 2nd. It's insane how good he's been offensively. And, look, that's a built-in insurance policy. If you're a team and you're worried about potential injuries as a pitcher, you can say, well, okay, at the very least, we're going to get one of the top two or three hitters in baseball. Uh, and so I, I personally think that the number is going to start with a six. I think that he'll get $600 million plus because some owners are going to be uh, absolutely rabid knowing what uh, Otani's potential is as a player and as someone you're going to market. You know, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Buster, because I was going to ask you, what are we really paying for here, right? Are we paying for the pitching? Are we paying for the at-plate, uh, at-bats? Like, what are we really paying for? Because some people would say, hey, if he concentrated on this, he'd be the best at this. If he concentrated at-bat, he'd be the best at that. So what are we really paying for? Well, as far as Otani's concerned, you're paying for the whole package. And I will tell you, it, from the first time that he was – you know, in the consciousness of, of folks in Major League Baseball, that refrain that you just mentioned, that you heard that all the time. Like, he's got to choose one of the two. Eventually, he's going to have to choose one of the two. And I hear that key even to today, where people will say privately, look, he can't continue doing both. At some point, he's going to have to concentrate on one or the other. And you know, typically, logic would suggest that would be as a hitter. I think that's why Babe Ruth, you know, <laughs> switched to a full-time position player you know, a hundred years ago because that was easier to maintain. But that's not what no Otani wants, yeah. <clears throat> right? Exactly. And there was, and plus, with the DH, it makes it easier for him to play out that dream. There are a lot of people, key, and this is going to break your heart, who believe that if the DH had been in place when Otani made his decision to go to the Angels. He would have taken. He would have stayed. He would have gone to the Dodgers. Uh, they believe that uh, you know he, because the DH it gave him the opportunity to to play out his dreams and be a two way player. Uh, ESPN baseball insider and host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, Buster only joining us here on Keyshawn J Will and Max Buster. You know, there's been a lot of conversation in the basketball world about why Dame needs to leave Portland. People keep getting really angry about it, and I'm just. Fascinated and curious on the baseball side, is there a same is there the same sentiment around Mike Trout and the Angels? Like, do you do we feel that at all? You do hear that where people feel like that this uh, guy who is arguably the greatest player in the history of baseball has not been on an on an October stage where I, I think everyone believes he would thrive. Like Trout, when he's been in all-star games, it feels like, you know, he hits home runs, he runs around the bases. He has a blast. He's incredibly competitive. He wants to win. Uh, and so people, I think, talk about him and, and say it would be great if they could get him in, into October on a regular basis. So I mentioned, you know, this is the best Angels team that we've seen since 2014. And I, you know, Trout's never going to say out loud, I wonder how he feels about the possibility of Otani leaving. Like, that's got to be heartbreaking for the guy because the Angels are finally in a position where they might make the postseason. I do think their general manager is going to be hyper-aggressive before the de deadline to try to get, get them into the playoffs. But baseball needs Mike Trout. They need Shohei Otani on that October stage. Right now, who's the best team in baseball? Certainly not the Dodgers with our bullpen struggling the way that they've been struggling. 
but who's the best team? So I think you could answer it one of two ways. Who's the best team? The Tampa Bay Rays. You know, they play great. They've got a, the best offense that we've seen ever because they're uh, from them because their power is at a place uh, that they've never had before. We've always talked about the Rays being a great pitching team. Well, this year they actually have a great offense to match that. But if you ask the question, who's got the best path, the easiest path to the postseason, to the to October, I think it's the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it looks like the, the American League playoffs are going to be a steel cage match, you know, maybe with the Astros, the Yankees, the Angels, the Blue Jays, uh, really good teams. The Braves, on the other hand, because of the struggles of a lot of the National League teams, including the Dodgers, uh, I think the Braves right now might have the easiest path to get to the World Series. So we're closing in on the halfway point in baseball, of course, all-star games don't fall usually exactly at the halfway point, but, you know, 162 games were, what, 70, 76, something like that? Um, yeah. What do you think about the pitch clock up till now, about halfway through? Uh, I think it's been phenomenal. <laughs> and I think that most people in baseball, you know, feel that way. Because we know what the, you know, the, the public discourse has been, and if you ask uh, any of the 30 managers how they feel about it, publicly they're going to say, yeah, I really like it. Major League Baseball made the right decision. I'll ask people privately, players, managers, staffers, what do you think? 95% love it. Uh, it's cut between 25 and 30 minutes off each game. And by the way, the games still have 54 outs, still have nine innings. What's been cut out has been fat. And, you know, I go back to my focus group, my one-person focus group, my 19-year-old son, Jake, who in the past, when I've asked him to watch baseball, and he's like, nah, it's too slow, it's too boring. Now he's watching every pitch of every game. And he, he loves it and in ingest, is ingesting in a way he never has before. And the, you know, the internal metrics that we receive on Sunday Night Baseball reflect that more people are watching for a longer period of time. And that's what baseball wanted when they put these rules in place. Anything with the demographics? Are they skewing any younger, Buster? They are. I don't have them in front of me. But generally speaking, yes, they're connecting with the younger audience. Yeah, by the way, the game is, used to be the national pastime, and partly that's because basketball and football hadn't really taken hold at the highest level yet. I mean, it's hard to compete against those sports. They're just intrinsically very good consumer-friendly sports. But, but baseball used to be much more like the game they're giving us now with the pitch clock and the bigger bases and the stolen bases. It used to be that when it was most popular. Games didn't used to take three and a half hours, right? They were the, the pitching changes and working the count so much. That's much more of a modern thing. So maybe if you give the people what was once their favorite sport, it'll get more popular. That seems to be pretty straightforward. Buster only, ladies and gentlemen. We'll argue about Otani versus Babe Ruth another time. Buster made an outrageous statement. <laughs> I don't want to get bogged down. I knew that would debate. get you, Max. I didn't want to get bogged down in a debate, but you know, you got to get back to me when Otani is twice as good as the next best offensive player in the game and has the consecutive scoreless inning World Series pitching record. But but we'll, that's for another day. The great Buster only, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN Baseball Insider. Thank you, Buster. Thanks a lot. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. Who are the four most influential players ever in the NBA? On the court. On the court. A list was put out yesterday on social media, and we reacted to it earlier. We're going to react again. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We've been asking today, who are the four most influential players in the NBA, at least in modern history, since we've been around, right? Last 50 years, give or take. Um, on the court, on the court influence. We're not talking about sneaker sales, although as the point was brought up earlier in the show, sometimes stuff like the style of a player or whatever they do off the court can kind of add to their mystique in a way that has more people imitating them on the court as as a result or amplifies their on-court influence. So who are the four? Jay, give me your four. In my lifetime? Yeah. MJ... Steph, AI, and then I would probably have to go with Magic Johnson, Buck. I, I think a lot of people were imitating. I mean, look, Magic jumping center in the NBA Finals in his rookie year. People were trying to be like Magic in so many ways. So many conversations around him being maybe the best player in basketball. Mm-hmm. History, maybe, around that time. Mm-hmm. My, my, my dad was talking about it. I mean, I imitated Magic Johnson growing up. Kids are trying to do passes like Magic Johnson. Never thought I'd be 6'9", but the way he had eyes in the back of his head, I loved it, right? So be- between him and then AI, I just think is one of the – probably culturally, him and MJ are the most influential players ever to play the game. Like, who are your four? Culture-wise. Who are your four key? And then so, Steph, obviously, changing the geometry of the game. Steph, MJ, Magic, AI. Who are your four? All four. Those are the so, four. Yeah, same four. When you talk about you talk about hoops, same four. I mean, you know, I look at AI on and off the court because I can't separate them, right? Everybody wanted to wear the cornrows or the, the, the French braids or whatever you want to call it. That's part them. of on the court, though, the cornrows, yeah, the sleeves. Yeah, all that part of it, yeah. the sleeve, the cornrows, the shoes, the shoes the... his quicks, everything, right? Then you talk about MJ, we already know what that is. And then you talk about the other two. I mean, Steph changes the game. Steph shooting is, is ridiculous. You see, it's like Dion in football. You see 
guys that are in the NBA making the same type of money doing the same things to a degree that Steph, Dame Lillard, Trey Young all come to mind. Bradley Beal comes to mind. I mean, even LeBron James is shooting from half court now. Magic, I get. I mean, everybody wanted sense. everybody <laughs> wanted a six, seven plus point guard. All of them make sense to me. The two that have to be on there are MJ and Steph, right? Those two had enormous influence. Steph, Steph completely changed the 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 game. He changed the way the game is played. But so did MJ. Um, his influence was obvious. I mean, then you had Kobe after MJ. is basically another MJ. And then I think the other two spots are open for debate. I think AI and Magic are very good candidates. And maybe ultimately those are the two you put on. I know you guys don't think LeBron is there because he's too hard to sort of imitate, right? right but I think LeBron is there. He's just not top four for me. To, to me, LeBron had an enormous – LeBron <laughs> – during the LeBron era, it seemed to me the league went from – and maybe this is partly like what D'Antoni was doing in Phoenix or whatever else, but the league's – went from what you're looking for is the unstoppable ISO scorer, right? Whether that's a big or that's a wing, and it moved toward you want the point-everything guy with a high IQ who can not only score but get the teammates involved. To me, that's well, well, enormous well, influence. Well, Cassie, when you say the game has moved to that, like with the exception of LeBron, where else did the game move to that? I think, the t- I think more teams looked like that. Like what are examples? So – between well, I mean, it's it's tough because it was always LeBron in the finals. But I would say that what put it this way: one of the things I felt was unfair to Carmelo in a way was that, and and I think he'll be underappreciated in history, is that he had a game based on what was there when he was coming up. During LeBron's time, that changed so much that what a guy like Carmelo did was less valued. So he became over time less valued. Now, I think what happens is people just look to Steph and think, well, that's when the game changed. But LeBron had already changed it. It wasn't, it wasn't just the ISO scorer, incredible guy, best guy in the league. It was the... But, but once again, I think you're talking about LeBron James one-on-one. Well, I don't think you've seen a lot of imitations or strategies around LeBron James. Well, I mean, even a guy it. like Westbrook or Harden or Luka, when they're putting up the triple doubles, it's with a lot of uh, high assist totals. They're the primary ball handler, and they're putting well, up numbers all across the board. O, though, can't you? What's that? You can attribute that more to like the big O, Oscar Robertson. No, because his, doubles, that, that's not what happened. But, but Oscar Robertson came around. It wasn't like then everyone started having triple doubles. No one even came close to that except for Jordan's 32-8-8 eight eight one year. No one came close to that. But in this era, we see the high usage point whatever you want to call him guy run your offense. Well, isn't that LeBron? Isn't that LeBron's influence? If it's not, what, what was it? The European influence? No, I don't, think it, I don't think it was LeBron. I just think the game, the, the game changed. It started to change where the the point guard wasn't the one initiating the offense. They found they, – they tried to find somebody that could do it all. And you still haven't necessarily been able to win championships that way. You haven't been able to win championships Because that LeBron way. is too hard to imitate. I get right, it, but me, I do think me, it had an effect me, on the league. Give me, give me a championship winner outside LeBron James with Kyrie and company – or, Le, or or D Wade and company that was able to just do it like that. I mean, the Even, problem is that it's it's been mostly LeBron and Steph. There haven't been that many championships that have but, gone to other players. But when you look at it, the cast of characters around them is is as legit as them. 
But even a guy like Giannis, who before you guys like, oh, he doesn't really pass the ball. Giannis is getting like five assists a game, something like that. A guy like that's a, not a, lot, a, a long, lanky power forward type back yeah, in the day, like Kevin McHale is getting one or two game. assists a game. Yeah, I mean, he's passing out of a double team a couple of times, and and yeah. he's 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 in transition a ton, so he gives the ball up in transition. He does, but he also Those are real assist. Jokic is mm, his real assist. Well, that's a, di- that's that's a different a, that's level. Real, yeah, I guess real assist. Level. Giannis is, is like he said, you know, transition, you get a ball up, you get it back, I give yeah. it back to him again, you know, or I kick it out of the double team because they're closing in on me and I let somebody you don't think You don't think someone like LeBron had an influence on the way someone like Giannis plays at 6'11 or whatever he is? Uh, I think there's influence. Handling. There's some influence, there's influence, but I don't think it's to the degree of the, As the other people yes. that we're talking about. That's why I said so he's what, there. I just don't think he's top four. So what was Iverson's influence on the way the game was – Played in terms of the strategy on the floor. Oh my God, he was he was one of the best ISO players the game of basketball has ever seen. Right. So what came after him the, the, that influenced and, and the, the way, way rosters were constructed? Well, well so you're not going to have the influence as it relates to rosters, but the way people <laughs> played the game, Max, like the handles, the M one handles, mm-hmm. that is what basketball became. Like that led to white chocolate. That led to sure. uh, Jamal Crawford. That led to uh, different um, different like. Uh, Forms of that in the way the game is played. And Iverson absolutely could be on the list. What I'm saying is there are different ways to look at influence on the floor. One is, oh, all these players played like him. Another is, how are teams looking? What's the basic strategy? How are teams looking well, it was to a put lot, it was a lot of stuff dudes, together? Like Jay said, it was a lot of dudes that came at the same time as Iverson and shortly after Iverson was trying to emulate Iverson on he, and off the court. So when you see, when you see bigs... Whether or not they're bigs, I used Giannis. You could so use you can say Joker. Shaq. You, you could can use say Shaq, right? Yeah, Shaq was. I mean, didn't Shaq change the way teams ran their defense? It was a hack of Shaq strategy. I'm just if yes. I'm a as part, a matter of fact, Shaq but, was influential. Yeah, yeah. But see, when for me as a, as a former athlete, when I think about influential, like me as a kid watching like their stuff, mm-hmm. like do I see other people my age or a little bit older mimicking that, trying to do that? Influential, right? Like, like that's taking over the basketball, you know, grassroots by storm. Like, that's influential to me. I think one of the issues is LeBron's influence will be a little harder to see because Steph was almost a contemporary. He was a contemporary, but he came a little bit after and changed the games to such a degree that LeBron's influence kind of gets swamped by by Steph's influence. But it doesn't mean it wasn't there. When you see guys six eight and better, uh. Playing with with it's not that they play exactly like LeBron as you can see that influence on their game. Magic and Bird did that for a while. Then Jordan came along, and it, then everyone wanted to be like Mike. So that kind of style of play seemed to me among the very best players in the game to go away a little bit. And the ascendancy of the ISO scorer wing guy was the thing that people were looking for. And and what was winning championships? MJ and Kobe. I mean, between them, that's eleven chips. And then LeBron came along and changed that. I don't know. I would have LeBron on there with over who? I would have Steph and MJ for sure. LeBron, and then it probably does come down to Magic or AI. Or I mean, I remember Dr. J when I was a kid. He had a big influence because if not for him, there's you no don't MJ. Think Magic was one of the most influential players. I said Magic or AI. I, I, I'm or, just saying, ever. I do. Yeah. I mean, ever. Yes, that's I mean, why I said that I, you're I, looking for that fourth slot. That's who I'm looking for. It wasn't just Bucks passing, man. It was Showtime. 
It was yeah. Showtime in the Lakers. Like you talk about one of the best shows you ever watch. It was the light. It was it was all. It was the way he was in business rooms. It was the way, like he, he had so much flair to his game, and it was in L.A. Yeah, yeah maybe, it's more, I, I, maybe it's more of a cultural thing for me, Key. And I don't know. Like, <laughs> you don't got no argument with me. I got the same four as you. I love LeBron. LeBron is my guy, but. I don't. I just don't see it like that. I, I would probably Nobody have magic had, before AI. Able, as a matter of fact, you haven't been able to duplicate that at all. Yeah, you just haven't been able to. But duplicate that, it. But influence means not duplicate. But influence means that either people are trying to that that's or or the the way the game has changed. But that's duplicate. The way the way they play has changed a- roster every, construction. The whole still, thing. Everybody's still trying to be Steph. Yeah, there's agreed. people that that make you go, oh, okay, that's a Steph shot, but they're not Steph. Is Victor Wembayama as can't miss a prospect as people have made it seem? 888 say ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We welcome in now Jay Billis, ESPN college basketball analyst. NBA draft on ESPN. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Morning, Jay. Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? What's up, Commissioner? How you doing today? Oh, I'm the commissioner now. I mean, you're the commissioner of all basketball, in my opinion, if you ask me. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be nice? I oh. would have a staff and a limo. I need to. I need that. <laughs> Plus, I'll get a chance to hear your rants, JB, which for me is the best part about basketball. Uh, but speaking of rants, I, I do want to ask you about. You know, we had Corey Alexander on our show earlier, uh, who obviously is with us, and I, I heard Woj say this. Uh, during the draft lottery, would you concur that you think Victor Wimbanyama is the best NBA draft prospect the game of basketball has ever seen? Are you willing to say that yet, JB? I'm not, but okay. he, he's certainly the most um, most interesting player I've ever seen. I mean, you know, when you start talking about impact players, uh, it's hard to imagine there would be a greater impact player uh, in basketball than Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was when he came out of UCLA in 1969. That's actually within my lifetime. Uh, they changed the rules for, for Kareem when he was in, in college. Um, but Victor's unique. We've never seen anything like this guy. Um, and, you know, Jay, well, I played against Ralph Sampson, who was 7'4", you know, crazy length, crazy athleticism, all this stuff. And I think if Ralph were born... 19 years ago, we would be making that comparison with him and Victor, but he was born in the era of big guys had their back to the basket, you know, and in practice, the coaches would say, all right, big guys on this end and work on your big guy stuff. And then guards down this end and, you know, work on the total game. And, uh, uh, but Victor has been raised as a guard 
And but his impact goes beyond offense. Like he can shoot threes. He operates as a pick and roll handler. He's like a six two player inside a, a seven four body. But his impact defensively is going to be you know tremendous. He played in the same division in France as Rudy Gobert. And Gobert played for the stats played twenty seven games, and I think Victor played thirty four. So he played seven more games. He blocked fifty three more shots than Gobert did, and uh, and he can he can block him on the perimeter. Uh, he can switch on to a, a smaller uh, offensive player after a, a pick and roll situation, play five or six feet off him, take away the drive, and still recover to a step back and, and get a piece of it, or uh, or or certainly change it. I mean, he's just a range shot blocker that uh, can do things at his size that we've never really seen before. Two blocks, almost two blocks a game, more than Gobert in the same league. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's legit. Now, now, what, what you know, what could hold him back is is injury or durability. But um, you know, we 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 questioned that a little bit with Kevin Durant saying, "Oh, he can't bench press 185 pounds, and he's stick stick figure thin, and all this stuff." And he's held up pretty well. And uh, and and there's no indication that Victor Wembanyama has any injury issues or will have any. Um, he actually is a next level thinker with regard to taking care of his body and, and acting and behaving like a pro and doing injury prevention stuff. Um, he, he's sort of been raised to be a pro and, uh, and he's got a, he seems to have a great mind, not only on the, on the court, but off it. And he's prepared himself to be the best player in the world. And, and, and for him, he can be. And I, you know, back to Jay Will's original question. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not arguing with anybody here. I don't know whether he's the best prospect in the history of basketball or team sports or whatever. I do know this: in the 21 years I've been doing it, it's him and LeBron as the best prospects. And if if you took those two side by side at 18, 18 or 19, and I know it's hard not to factor in what Le- LeBron became after that. But if you if you said just just uh, their profiles as prospects at that age, I think it'd be a hard decision uh, who you would take. Jay, with the Trailblazers sitting at three, would you be surprised at all if they moved out of that position? Well, it depends what they can get. I mean, moving out of, of that high of a draft pick is uh, is basically trading your future for the present. Um, and so I, I would be surprised if they did it. Uh, they'd have to get something really good because they're gonna they're gonna have the chance to get either Brandon Miller from Alabama or Scoot Henderson out of the G League, and uh, and you know Miller is arguably the best shooter in the draft. Although there are other guys that could uh, could certainly take that mantle from him. There are a number of very good shooters in this draft, um, but you know he's six nine and athletic, um, and and you know an NBA wing, uh, and then Henderson is. Like uh, he's a, he's got the profile of a Russell Westbrook type player, and again, I'm not projecting him to be as as great as Westbrook has been, but that's that's who he compares to at this stage of his career. You look at Russell Westbrook as a sophomore at UCLA, freshman at UCLA. He compares favorably. Anderson compares compares favorable favorably to that, and, and you know he's just not a shooter yet, and uh, but neither was Westbrook at that time. So, Jimmy, <clears throat> after Wembayama, who who would you take? I would take Miller just because of his his shooting and his size. Um, you know, I, I, there are no question marks with regard to his ability to shoot it, 
And uh, and Henderson has that that question mark. And it's a question that he, he may answer in the future uh, because he can he can make shots. He doesn't have a form that's broken or anything like that, but he's just not a consistent shooter and he's not a, a high level free throw shooter. You know, he only shoots about 28 percent from three. Um, uh, but, but I, I think he's going to get better. And if you look at his numbers in the G league, he, he's played two years in the G league. He, he actually stayed after playing last year and played another year, but his numbers in the G league are actually better offensively than Jalen greens were, uh, when he was in the G league, better offensive rating, better rebounder, better, better assist guy, all that stuff. So he can play and he's ultra competitive and, uh, really long armed. I mean, he's got the arms of a six, eight, six, nine guy. JB, uh, everybody's obviously going to talk about the top three picks. You got the Thompson Twins that played at Overtime Elite. Uh, you got guys like Grady Dick that played at Kansas. One of the names that really intrigues me, I think, being at 6'7", 230 pounds, uh, I've heard some scouts talk about him more as like a, a prolific Jay Crowder or a Crown Butler, is the name Cam Whitmore from Villanova. What do you think about him as a prospect, and what do you think the upside is for him? You know, Jay, I've got him ranked fourth overall. Uh, Cam Whitmore went to Villanova, uh, and he had his season interrupted by injuries where he was on and off the floor. But he's really an elite athlete with, uh, with an NBA body, you know, really strong, and, and he, he can really attack the rim. If I remember right, he shot like 65 66% at the rim, and he's a really good cutter. You know, he moves without the ball pretty well. Uh, and and can really slash and and he's a versatile defender. You know he can guard guard multiple spots and he gets steals, but that body is uh, is impressive at that age. Um, and his shooting stroke is solid. Like he can catch and shoot. Uh, shot about thirty five percent from three, but I think with with a little bit more time and and some not a, you know season being interrupted uh, with those injuries was problematic for him. You, you know it's difficult for any player, let alone a young player, to be in and out of the lineup. But when he was right, you know, you're going, man, this dude is a baller. And, uh, and I'm, I like him a lot. Uh, I think he projects very well in the NBA. Jay Billis, ladies and gentlemen, always good talking to you. Commissioner, the commissioner Commissioner on this show. Yes. Always good talking to you, Jay. Good being with you guys. Thank you. And I look forward to that limo picking me up with my staff later. (laughs) Jay's going to send a limo. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So we all agree Steph and MJ are two of the four most influential NBA players on court, on the court, of all time. The question is the other two slots. You two seem to have come to a consensus about Magic and AI being the other two guys. I think they're two candidates from a pool of four or five guys, including uh, LeBron James. I think LeBron James, I think Dr. J, I think they're maybe that, maybe those, I, I think whoever you credit with bringing in the Eurostep and all that, like who would that be exactly? How about Pete Maravich? Pete, by the way, you're right. Pete Maravich. Going his, out there, dude's dropping 50, 60 in games. His stuff, but I don't really remember Pete Maravich. Like I'm just that, throwing you know? names you out there. I don't remember Pete Maravich, but you remember like Bob no, Cousy? Like, come on. No, man. no, no. In other, words, in other words, guys I watched play when they were great and said, oh, that's the guy. You never watched right? clips of Pete Maravich? Play? Clips is different. I'm saying I remember when Dr. No, J was in I the have, NBA, and it was like, well, he's not quite as good as he you was, but he's still to. good. All right, anyway, is LeBron one of the guys? He's a candidate to me because I think he is the bridge between, at least, between the ISO hero ball era, whether that was a big guy like a big like Shaq or, or you know, there were guys like David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Olajuwon, whether or not they won the title, but that was how you built your offense around that guy or wing like That's Magic, like, like MJ and then Kobe. And then all of a sudden it became a more – a less iso ball type of era, and I think LeBron had a big influence on that. Okay, candidate, I'm with you on that. I mean, I'll, I'll give you another another candidate. Ready? And it's more just basketball specific. It may not have the overall global theme that the others carry. James Harden, man. Yeah, right. In terms of incorporators ever of the offensive game, he had dudes guarding him with their hands behind their backs. Like essentially, he took this like the step back and like. Made a step back 2.0. He was the in ultimate the game of basketball in his prime. He was like the absurd conclusion of the analytics era, where it's like only take the most efficient shot, get fouled, go to the line, hit a three, uh, and that's basically it, right? Like that's what you're doing. Just saying, change the game. We got to take some callers. Wiz in Raleigh, North Carolina. What you got? That's Khalif. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Good morning. What's Appreciate up? y'all um, taking my call and stuff. I really got. I really got to go with um with Max with LeBron, man. Like he really brought in. He is like the ushering in of positionless basketball. Just you know, just him coming in the game and um. But can't you can't you, know, you make the case, not, Wiz? Can't you make the case that Magic Johnson actually ushered in positionless basketball? I I mean, he did it. He was a big point guard, but he jumped center in the NBA Finals in his rookie year. Guard. He jumped. Right. He jumped center and one, and one, one played game. center. I get, I get that. And then, and then, but it wasn't like an effect like immediately afterwards where it was where teams were like, "This is what we need. We need a six nine guard that could jump center." And teams started building around it. They still had the basic, you know, small guard, uh, shooting guard, your small forward, and it, the positions were still there. But th- like, that's what I'm asking, though, Wiz. Then, then who did it? But the positions were still there. Who are the other six nine then, guards that teams are building around now, though? Yeah, but that I think the difference is Jay. That magic I, – I disagree with you. I think they were looking for 6'9 guards, and that's why Jay brought up earlier – who would you say? I said Jalen Rose. You said someone else. Or Key, you said someone else. I said Penny. 
Penny, right, they were looking for that. The problem is it was oh, it's hard to find, right? Yeah. But but I would say the difference is That's the same the, thing with LeBron. They looking for they were been looking for that. But magic but the difference the, the difference one one, is you guys are thinking, I think, very um like in a linear way, like what other player plays like that as opposed to how is the game changed? How are rosters constructed? It, after Magic, it went into an era, in fact, because of MJ, of hero ball. That lasted a long time. The ISO scorer hero player lasted a long time. LeBron came around and changed that. And then the, the whole dynamic of basketball changed. And maybe that's overshadowed because Steph then changed it in an even bigger way right after LeBron. But I do think LeBron had enormous – I'm not saying Magic didn't, but LeBron did too. I would say that Steph Curry is iso ball. I would say that. But fine, I that fine. He but he hands, man, shoot it. I mean, but he no. But the ball doesn't stick with him, and he and and the whole point stick, is because he can launch that thing from anywhere at any given moment. It is going in. But it's changed. It changed. Everyone has more space to play. It changed the way the game is played for sure. <laughs> Patrick in the Bronx. What's up, Patrick? What's going on? Listen, um, I just want to mention one name. I wanted to mention, um, Manu Ginobili for the Euro step. I know Max before. touched on it, but, you know, he didn't mention the name. And I think mm-hmm. because of that step, you know, a lot of guys have that in their repertoire right now. Including James Harden, by the way, right? Like, man who definitely yeah. Yeah, was an influence. Exactly. Yeah, he's – I, I exactly. agree. And if you had a top thing, 10, he'd on, be in um, Yeah, one last thing. You mentioned on Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete's name would have been up there because I'm old enough to have seen Pistol Pete play. And – his name would have been up there, but at that that time, that type that type of game was frowned upon. Nobody, you know, let him get loose like how guys are getting loose now, you know. But if he was let loose, he's his name would have been up there with the LeBrons and Curry's. He was and too ahead of his time, in other words. Too ahead of his time. Yeah, right. too ahead of his exactly. time. Yep, yep. By the way, there are guys like that like in boxing. Jack Johnson, too ahead of his time. Muhammad Ali changed everything, right? Like so, so, it, being Sonny too ahead Lister of your time doesn't help. Everything. Sonny Liston. Romney in Brooklyn. You're on KJM ESPN Radio. Max, what up? Man, I think that um, LeBron definitely should be on the list over Allen Iverson, um, like you said earlier. I also think you gave them a lot of examples earlier, and they ignored them. Luka, Giannis. Mm. I would even go Jokic. Even though he's not a 6'9 point guard, he's at a different position. He's a scorer, rebounder. I mean, Jokic didn't play defense, but... You know, he played a little bit of defense. So, I, I agree with you, man. I think they kind of, like, grazed over your all your examples. No, no. As usual. Nobody's As usual. So Am I right, your Romney? Top, who's your top four, Romney? Who's your top four? <laughs> you said my, my top four? I go, you know, you got to go Mike, um, Steph, uh, Magic and Bruin. Yeah, I, I think hey, that's Romney, mine. I think that's my thing, list. The only thing I need is accuracy, man. And when Max gives me accuracy, then I'm right there with you. I gave you accuracy. No, you didn't, Max. Romney Come just agreed. Everyone's oh. calling in agreeing. Oh, everyone. One person. They Come said everyone. everyone that five people just said, I'm oh, a genius, stop. and you guys are dummies. That's what they just said. Oh, five people in a row. You've been waiting to call us dummies, huh? Finally got a chance to. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. If you download the podcast, you'll hear it. We're, okay, if you guys don't think LeBron is top four, I, I think it's debatable, actually. Like, LeBron, AI, Magic, there are a bunch of guys you could put there. Dr. J, I keep bringing up. Who Jay? Would, where, where would you have LeBron? Top ten? Most of the top yeah, five? I'm like top five, top six, for sure. But your two Mount Rushmores are or MJ, four. Steph. Four. Yeah, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. You said M- two. I said your two. Oh, your guys, your two. Your okay. two. Right. You have the same Mount Rushmore for influence on the court. MJ, Steph, Magic, AI. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. I would 
probably swap out AI for LeBron. I'm piggybacking off the NBA guy, though. That's my deal. Mm. Oh, whatever, that what Jay, whatever Jay says, I say. I'm, I'm, I've just never, I've never, culturally, man, I'm telling you, like you got little, AI little got a kids in suburban and the hood areas rocking arm sleeves. Yeah. AI's to got a hell like of a case. There's no doubt about it. Well, another exciting episode of KJM. Greeny coming up. We're back 6 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.